Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, and this is episode 10. And today, Dr. Sarah and I are going to be going over what does how you dress say about you and what your clothes say to you and not about you. Yes. One of the things that uh, I've discovered going through this period of the pandemic and everything is how I have a closet full of clothes, actually a couple of closets filled with clothes that I haven't even needed to wear. And so I am discovering what is essential, what isn't essential. And at the same time, I started to think about things that I didn't have that I kind of wish I had. For an example, flat shoes. I have very few flat shoes. I have a lot of heels, but I'm not needing to go anywhere, you know, to wear high heels or business. So I had a lot of business attire, and I didn't have a lot of casual wear. And so what I've learned about myself is that what my clothes tell people is that I am a professional woman. And while that's okay, I don't think that my clothes also tell people that, You know, maybe I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a, you know, minister or that I'm a pretty cool lady. And so I started to think about that. And that's where I came up with, you know, the thought thought about what does our clothes really reveal about us? I started kind of people watching, just looking at what they may have on. And so I started doing some studying on that. It turns out there is a a clinical psychologist who wrote a book about it. She was just talking about how our psychology really determines our clothing choices, how we should overcome or the way that we can overcome certain psychological issues is through our wardrobe. And I thought, wow, what a good topic to discuss, especially when you're talking about women Because we do have a tendency, maybe emotional shopping, what do they call it, shop therapy or something like that. (laughs) Then you go and spend money. Well, turns out the way that we dress, our spending behaviors are more from an internal, internal psychological place than perhaps we ever imagined it to be. Are you one of those like emotional shoppers? A little bit. Like if I'm ever having a bad day, I'm like, you know what will make me feel better if I buy something? I won't be anything like super expensive. It could be something $10 and it'll make me feel better. And the word, I think the word you're thinking of is retail therapy. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Retail therapy. Yep. You millennials know a lot about that. We do. (laughs) I'm definitely a millennial. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes. That's the word right there. And, you know, yeah, again, our our spending behaviors now, that too may be something that's a little different because of our age differences, even with those that are more like the baby boomers. They came from that culture. So our culture does have an influence on how we shop and what we wear as well. And for some of us that might get a little bit more retail therapy in than we need, we may actually need to pay attention to how we're spending our money and if we're shopping for our personality or for the moment. So last year, before the quarantine and before the pandemic, I was mostly living life during business, doing business and business and come back home. And I thought like, wow, what if I were to go to a park or something like that that I did every now and then? I really didn't have clothing other than workout clothes for just your everyday 
casual wear. That let me know that I was constantly in that mindset of doing business. And I needed to relax a little bit, enjoy, and to enjoy other areas of my life. So what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I'm kind of the same way, too. And a lot of times when I go shopping, I kind of fall into the trend. So, like, say I see someone around my age and they have these really cute shoes. Well, I like those shoes, so then I go out and buy ones that are very similar to that. So I don't know if it's just because I like their style or that's what's trendy right now, which I don't know if that's the best thing to do because then it usually goes out of style in like a year or so. But that's what I did over the weekend is I bought a pair of shoes because they were cute, but they were they were cheap, too. But they're they are what is in style right now. Well, you know, even when you talk about like trending and we talk about clothing, I also think that people do technology like that. But technology has a way of tomorrow, or even in this moment, something new is already being created. And I think that sometimes when you talk about, like, Samsung versus Apple, people kind of even use technology as a piece of their attire Mm -hmm. or a pair of shoes or a handbag as their attire. I thought it was also interesting that, it talked about how we use clothing as an aid and as a weapon. I'm thinking like, wow. So what the studies have shown is that Americans rely on clothing. And this is out of the Forbes. This report was in Forbes magazine. Americans rely on clothing as an economic and social indicator because they aren't official marks or there aren't official marks or ranks such as a caste system or aristocracy, this is what the doctor talked about, or aristocracy. And so that I thought too, like, wow, okay, yeah, that's kind of true. Because a lot of people who cannot afford these designers and high-end types of trending things, some people do go into debt to fit in to a social culture or to fit into some type of economic status to try and look the part. And they use that as a way to compete. Of course, that's not good that we feel that we have to use our clothing or what we wear as a way to, as indicators to define who we are, because you'll never be defined, you know, by the things that you wear. Of course, we know that we are defined by the character that we possess. And so, again, I took a look at that and I thought like, wow, that is very interesting. And I believe that to be true. Do you, do you think that that's true? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people, they do go into debt. And a lot of times that go, they go into credit card debt. And that's where that comes from. Because you see all these yeah. stores where they're like, okay, well, if you buy a credit card today, you'll save 20% off your purchase. Where you think, oh my goodness, I'm going to be saving so much money. But then you're going to be pretty much buying more and spending more money on that credit card. So it does cause quite mm-hmm. a bit of debt. Right. And that word that I, my son was getting so tied up is uh, aristocracy. So because we don't have a rank such as a caste system or aristocracy, then we tend to use our clothing and the way that we dress as a uh, social or economic indicator. The other thing, too, is that we do try to use fashion to fit in. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and we have loud, even when, when, you know, when you went to school, I remember, and this is funny, you're going to laugh when you hear this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So when I was a young girl, I was in middle school, so I had to be about 11 or 12. Gloria Vanderbilt was the designer and her jeans. Well, my family was not a well-off, you know, family. There were six of us. I was the youngest. My parents could not afford Calvin Klein or Gloria Vanderbilt or I think uh, Sassone and Jordache, you know, all of those. But my friend's parents were able to, not my friends, some of the schoolmates, you know, classmates, they were able to. So one day, this is when Gloria Vanderbilt transitioned, pants transitioned from bell bottoms to more of a straight leg type. Mm-hmm. So I went home. I had this purple pair of corduroy pants. And I sold, I tried to sew a GV <laughs> on the back of the pocket. And then I tried to sew the pants in at the bottom, okay? And for some reason in my mind, I thought that I had, if they were looking just like the <laughs> girls at school jeans. And when I got to school, they laughed at Aww. me. Of course, I never wore those pants again. But you know what I learned later on in life? That was a little designer in me, you know. <laughs> but I will also say that I think that that was one of the reasons why it was wise for the school system. I know some parents didn't appreciate that. But I, was, I thought that it was a wise decision that they turned to the uniform for everybody. Because then there was no comparison about, you know, you couldn't tell anybody's economic status, you know, based on the clothes that they could afford or not. Because it was just, one, you know, you just wore your uniform. And I thought that was a really good idea because it didn't make children feel like they didn't have and then they didn't get teased. Yeah, I kind of wish when I grew up we did have a school uniform. I mean, I say that now. Who knows how I would have thought back in school just because I didn't have to worry about fitting in or having the latest style pants or the shirt. So I actually would have preferred a school uniform because, I mean, my mom dressed me like in middle school. So it was pretty much whatever she wanted me to wear, which I didn't necessarily like, but I just went along with it. Because what she wanted me to wear wasn't really fitting into what the kids who I went to school with were wearing. And, like, we couldn't really afford the top of the line stuff like other people were wearing at school, too. So I think school uniforms is a good idea. Yeah, I I agree. And my children, I think once they got to, no, they, because they went to private school at first, then they went to public school. And from that point on, up into high school, some of them went to a magnet school, but they did wear uniforms. But then when we moved to the South, they didn't have uniforms. But the good part about that was the South was more of a relaxed culture, if you will. It wasn't, they weren't so much into name brands. Um, as those that were more in the Midwest and in the northern states were. They were just pretty much content with, uh, as long as they had their shoes to play for their basketball games and stuff like that, the weather was much warmer. It was some things that I didn't, there was no concern. We kind of had a blend of having to deal with that, and it was better by the time they got older until one of my children, which is, I think she's your age, she started getting into more of the designers when she was in high school. But because it was just her and her brother at that point, 
it made things feel a little easier for for us. But I always try to tell them about being very careful about having, you know, how clothes define who you are. Don't do that because it's not you, the clothing that makes you. It's you that makes the clothing. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing I used to always talk to them about and tell them because not only do uh, our clothing reveal or speak to others about who we are, but they also affect how we think about ourselves. And I think, again, when you're talking about children or even adults, we do tend to project a behavior based on what we're wearing. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of goes into our subject about what does your clothes say to you, not just about you. Yeah, weren't you saying that, like, if you're in a bad mood or you're not the happiest of moods that you're going to wear, well, this is what I do anyways, I always wear darker clothes. Then if I am like super happy, I switch to brighter clothes or more like floral patterns. So it's basically whatever I'm feeling. That's like kind of what I wear. Yeah. And, it, you know, clothing does project a certain behavior. If you wear jeans and like maybe tennis shoes, I call them tennis shoes. Some people call them gym shoes or sneakers. But if you wear like jeans with T-shirt and tennis shoes, you kind of you're more relaxed and everything. And, and you don't feel, in my opinion, I know I don't. I don't feel as feel maybe a little bit more relaxed, a little tougher. But when I have on a really cute, like my little black dress, I think every lady should have a little black dress with the cutest pair of sandals or boots mm -hmm. for those night out with either the girls or with your significant other. It does make you feel pretty. It makes you feel sexy. It makes you feel alive. Of course, that does not make us uh, behave in any way inappropriately. But it's, again, about how does your clothing make you feel? And if you're wearing black all the time, this is more of an internal thing than it is external. We tend to express externally what we feel internally. And that's why this is such a good uh, topic that goes much further than a dress or a skirt or a pair of pants or a pair of shoes. This is talking about why we do what we do. Why do we wear what we wear and how are we putting forth our best efforts or how are we introducing ourselves to people by what we wear, whether it be by our outward appearance of our clothing or our inward behavior and the way that we act because of what we have on. But it's a lot deeper, I think, than sometimes what we might want to think, even like what you were saying about you wore what your your mom wanted you to wear. Same mm -hmm. thing with me. I wore what we could afford. And it did make me feel a certain way. It really did. Yeah, and some clothes definitely gives us like more confidence too. Like every day at work I wear jeans and I try to wear like a nice top. If I go out with a group of my friends or like the girls, like a girls night out, we dress up a little bit more and we wear clothes that we wouldn't wear to work. So it's clothes that I maybe wear once a month, if that. And I feel prettier with that because I'm not used to wearing that type of stuff. And it's nothing like yeah, provocative yeah. or anything like that. It's just I don't usually wear dresses. Right. So I could put on a dress and I could feel all pretty just because of the one thing I'm wearing that I don't normally mm -hmm. wear. And you know something, too? I was thinking about how sometimes you might look at someone and say, like, why would they put that on? Like, that is the worst outfit ever. In all actuality, sometimes I think that people do that because of what they're trying to either undo or ignore or hide who they are, or they don't want people to pay attention to them or give them some type of attention. 
and this goes deeper in that I heard a lady say this before, that because she had had some bad relationships, she knew that physically she was attractive. So she had a, you know, nice figure, shape, and she was attracting men to her because of that and had experienced several heartbreaks and bad relationships. So she decided to wear everything that was baggy so that her physical appearance could not be seen. So again, we are discovering that some people are wearing things because of what they're trying to hide. Mm -hmm. And it's not always they're hiding something that they don't think is attractive, but they are afraid because of the bad relationships or the rejection. If you're overweight, if you're underweight, you feel that you just don't have, you're not curvy or you're straight, whatever it is, people also tend to have shopping behaviors based on those insecurities or certain things that have happened in your life, which then helps us to say, which is why we should be very careful about voicing our opinion or being judgmental over how a person would dress. But I always like those types of shows where they would do, and I've done fashion shows in the past too, but I've always liked those makeover shows. Mm -hmm. Some of these talk shows where they cut their hair and give them a new wardrobe or show them how they can actually look and it take years off. I love those types of makeover shows. There was a show called What Not to Wear. I think it was on like TLC, but I used to love that show because they would change their whole wardrobe to like fit their body type. And then they would like uh, put makeup on them and not changing like who they were, but just showing them that you can like style your hair a different way because a lot of times the people, they weren't putting any effort into their clothes or anything like that. Like they'd go out in like pajamas or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, in some cases they felt like, well, you know, I'm just a stay at home mom or I'm just a soccer mom and there's no reason for me to get dressed up. And, and they were feeling that way, though. They were feeling like I'm just this or I'm just that. And when their husbands or their children would see them come out, that smile that's on their faces, it even caused them to say, wow. And I think that that's something we really should focus on. How can we, when I was a hairstylist for eight years, that was my main goal. How can I put a smile on my client's face? How can I make her feel better than she did when she came in here? Not just look better, but feel better. And in this season that, you know, we're in with this pandemic, I think that that's what we should all be doing. How can we make one another feel better? How can we give one another hope that, you know, it's going to work out, it's going to be okay? And doing that in any way that we can, uh, complimenting. There was a time I didn't even know how to accept compliments. I didn't know how to say thank you. I would, they said, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, oh, this, these old shoes or this old dress. Yeah. And I had to learn how to accept compliments, but also how to give compliments. And that's why I like this particular article and this conversation, because as women, we do need more inspiration and empowerment from one another. Yeah, I think we need to give more compliments too. A lot of times, like people can't afford clothing, so maybe they bought something new. And if someone tells them, why'd you buy that? That was completely ugly. You're going to completely break that person because maybe they just spent 
the only ten dollars they had on a new outfit to make them feel pretty. But if you're pretty much just saying a negative comment, they may never wear that outfit again, all because of one person's comment. And if you are a friend, I think friends should be friends to show your friend. Mm -hmm. If your friend has on something that you know is inappropriate, be a friend. Don't let her, he or she, go out wearing something that you know is not complimenting. It's not flattering. So I think that that works both ways. Don't hurt their feelings, but at the same time, be a true friend and be upfront and honest. I also like to talk about it from this perspective because being self-employed, I used to have, well, I still talk with them, but it hasn't been as bad as it used to be, but about imaging because what you wear does reflect who you are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the workplace where they may come in and they're showing too much cleavage or the outfit, the dress is just way too tight or in some cases too short. And I always talk to them about we're not trying to show ourselves. We're here to do a job. And certain clothes will prohibit you from doing your job well, and they will send the wrong message. Those are, again, other areas where I think having this conversation, as long as you're having it in a healthy way, it can help us to complement each other in the way that we we can all benefit from it. Yeah, no, I agree. If I'm with my group of friends that know me so well and I'm wearing an outfit, I may not look the best in it, then I do want them to be like, hey, maybe, you know, think of something else. But if it's a stranger, I don't want them saying anything unless it's like a nicer compliment because then they don't know who you are, so they can't really judge you unless they are just complimenting you. That's right, yeah. And then we got into, like, with guys sagging and the negative connotation that that was spending, as well as I remember during the time I lived on the beach, it was like I had never seen it before, but girls walking around in bikinis that they can go in the department stores and just like they were regular clothes. Well, for me, it was like, whoa. I'm like, put on, um, what do you call those things? Like the covering or something. But it depends on, you know, where you are and where you live. You tend to dress based on that culture and that type of crowd that you are around. And I think that that, again, is something that your clothing is saying about you. It's not just saying whether you are professional, it's also saying that you hang around professional people. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wear a lot of uh, exercise clothes, you know, it's saying, okay, you work out, but it also, I think, speaks to that you hang around maybe people who like to stay fit or like to practice good health or somewhere in those terms. Another reason why I think that this is a very good topic I know this is one that I've always had with my children, even now, is if I see something that I feel like, oh, that's not really complimenting you, I will say and make some suggestions. Did you ever, like if your kids were getting ready to go to school, did your daughters ever come down in an outfit and you're like, that is not appropriate, go back up and change? Oh, yeah, especially my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter was one of those, we fussed a lot about what she should wear and not wear. It really wasn't until she got in high school that she finally stopped kind of rebelling. But then even as an adult, sometimes I think she might be a little too free with me because I'm, I'm more of a modest woman. And so sometimes I think, but you know, she's a lot younger. But when you're married, 
and mild thing, and you should dress a certain way. Not that you have to wear turtlenecks or dresses down to your ankles, but I do think that you should be less revealing of things. Well, I, I just feel like that, period. It's not a matter of whether you're married or single, but to me, when you're a married woman, you're not trying to draw certain attention, if you understand what I'm saying, to yourself. There's this video that's going viral where it's like how you dress when you first meet the person you're dating versus like years later where you like try to impress them. And then years later, you're like in sweatpants, no makeup, no hair. And like, that's really like how me and my boyfriend are because I've been with him for over six years. I mean, obviously, I'll dress nice like if we go on a date and stuff, but it's just you're more comfortable around that person. I think it's just so true. Yeah, you know what's so funny? My daughter, who is my my hairstylist, today we were having that same conversation. Like, sometimes men, they have a tendency of getting a lot more relaxed than we as women do. Like, they may not shave as often, you know, or wear cologne like they did during that dating process. They do get a little bit more relaxed, and we were just saying how Sometimes we have to tell our husbands, like, oh, where's your cologne? Or are you shaving today? To make mention of some of those things. Before my boyfriend, I would always have this true test. The first date, I would dress all nice. And the second time, like, I would hang out with a guy, I'd wear my hair up. I'd wear, like, a sweatshirt and maybe sweatpants. And I would do that on purpose because I wanted to see if they liked me for who I actually am and not just for, like, the way I dressed or the or like how my face looked with makeup on. So if they passed that test, then they were a keeper. <laughs> yeah, so your thing was like, let him see me at my worst yep. so that he could be just wild at my best time. <laughs> yep, I wanted to yeah, do that early on. <laughs> Kevin passed the test. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. <laughs> well, you know, today has been a very good discussion, and I look forward to our next session. Me and too. we're going to be talking about more and more Uh, Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, brought to you by The Radio People. 